There's never gonna be what I want as far as dog songs. Jingle dogs. Yeah, what I want just I don't think exists. Dogs against the machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Brian. Yes, Kathy. So here we are. Yes, this is part B of the tape. Uh, season six, mm-hmm. episode. Oh, I have. Uh, this is season six, episode six, <gasps> part B. Part B. It is episode the seventy. Overall. Yes, overall is episode seventy. Number seventy, and the last one was sixty-nine. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> yes. So we dedicate that sixty-nine to Steve Gutenberg. Yes. And uh, and his performance with and without uh, Soul Patch, um, depending on mood and, and variable weather conditions, whether or not the spirit gum would stick to his face. But I believe that you said that you had a lot of news stories you've been collecting. Yes, I do. I do. They're right here. I have quite a few. I also have a little bit of mail. Sometimes I like to save things, strange things I get in the mail that don't, you know, not really addressed to me. Um, I really like the Jay Leno as- aspects of us being like, no, we really need to go through this, like, uh, what's the word? Um, like the headlines? Yes. The headlines. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like um, it helps establish, even if we don't really talk about them in any real length, I think it helps establish like where we are in time, sort of, as well, really more than anything. Because I like to think about the fun. I recently went back and listened to episode seven of our podcast, which I think was a really fun thing to do. It was before I knew many things about myself and my life and this world and what was going on and all kinds of things, yet... It didn't really sound too much different from an episode that we might record today. You know, a little bit different. But ultimately, you know, we have the same sense of humor and what we're talking about and stuff like that. And I found it very fascinating to see what was and wasn't different and what has changed and not. Um, I also like that the news articles ground us in reality. Yes. They are real. Because right? regardless reality. of what else we talk about, like, it is also a touchstone of the world we live in. Oh, yeah. And I've been living in space for a while. I'm still completely, you know, transfixed by Starfield. We skipped last week for, uh, <laughs> so I could take the week off for my birthday. Um, Happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. I'm now on the other end of thirty years old, and it's fine. Um, I'm thinking about. What was I even thinking about now? I was blinded by my. Starfield recollections. Yeah, anyway, that's totally taken over my life. It's a fascinating game. I won't talk any more about it except to say that it's nothing that anyone expected. It's way more and different. There's never really been a game quite like it, and the more that I play it, I don't want to say genius until I've literally seen, like, everything in the game. But I really do feel like if you were going to give an award to Todd Howard for all the things that he's created, not just, you know, the genre of the, you know, the open-world RPG that he created when he created Arena or Daggerfall, Morrowind or Oblivion, which, you know, but Skyrim, that's the example right there. Then he recreated the world of Fallout a little bit before that, and then, you know, that was a big success. But really, Mm. I feel like every single game that they've made up to now is so that Todd Howard could create his version of real life 
which is what Starfield is. Starfield is just now our world, but 300 years from now. And he really used that as a way to, let me move the microphone close to my face. This must have been annoying for a little bit. Um, He uh, uses this as his way to Ultimately, I don't think I could survive in space. No, and that's actually actually what it is. They show that the harsh, there's no longer billions of humans. There's no longer, like, like life is scarce, and what does exist, like post humanity's first real conflict, which has killed like a considerable amount of the entire human population in space, um, is grim and like it's really crazy. So you start about 15 years after space is you know essentially World War II, um, and like the war is over, and basically everything is left in like ruin, and you're spending a lot of time in buildings and structures that were built for a civilization that was which is kind of interesting you know there's very there's there's some new stuff but mostly it's like you're going through a military installation that was built for a war that ended 15 years ago and it's pretty it's really fascinating how the different ways that can work out and civilians that find these places and stuff but really it's really about a game that takes place 300 years in the future and even if you remove space from the equation it's about like what happens when we are freed from like the bonds of government or any kind of restrictions when the real dream is you know and you can go slice instead of slicing off, off a piece of montana for yourself someone is going and like colonizing a moon that orbits you know putting up like a little uh a tiny little hab on like a moon and calling it you know their open world free trade center like it's and allowing the, the like, idea that that we're our own worst enemy is always the thing yeah right? it's really like, it doesn't really matter the material conditions we just uh for spooky season we just started watching uh the walking dead because tyler has never seen it oh wow so i'm enjoying the first season especially tremendous i mean we're we just started we're at the end of season two i think is where we're at right now so you know we started spooky season like last week we got a head start oh yeah but you know I watch, uh, but that's the lesson there too. Is that like okay, like if government falls apart and all we have is each other, like no, we don't. <laughs> well, if you think about Alien and Aliens as well, which I just watched. Speaking of spooky season, yeah, it reminds you of how like eventually all we're gonna have is corporations that essentially run everything. And I don't mean that in like a <laughs> seventy-five years or hundred years or however that is in the timeline, but. Our no, future is grim. The, I've been I'll thinking so much adult. about the future lately. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love the future. Oh, no, I, I do. It's grimness. You know how I, I I've been thinking it. a lot about how, well, maybe when we're done with these headlines here, but um, I've been thinking a lot how I want to just see how you picture the future and not in like the, the aspirational kind of way, but like just the broad overview strokes of how life might adapt or change in 100 or say 200 years, you know, kind of so yeah. far away that it is. Um, who knows? Open to question marks, you know, open mm-hmm. to conjecture. Mm-hmm. So anyway, first thing is uh, I just want to go over something I received in my mail recently. And I don't know what this says about me and the target market or as a consumer or what kind of audience I'm in or whatever. But I recently received, I'm just going to show in the camera and reveal, do a comedy reveal here. I just received a Val pack as one receives in the mail, the little thing with all the coupons and stuff in it. And at the very top here, it says... Bazinga, a $100 check can be in this envelope. And as you pull out, you can see that 
the the premier advertiser for the Valpack, the most ignored piece of your mail, is actually they're really wow. just advertising uh, reruns of the Big Bang Theory. So you can tell how successful this company is currently operating. Um, it's pretty great. We're getting physical mail to advertise the Big Bang Theory reruns. Well, I mean, it is your. I, I mean, I feel like maybe it's less of a personal thing, but the like kind of regional or block level demographics might be older folks who open hmm. mail. No, you're right. And 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 they just love to bazinga. I love to bazinga. I love when people love to bazinga. <clears throat> I don't like being bazinga. Airbnb. I am anti-Bazinga. Uh, me if too. It's like a young, if it's a young child doing a Bazinga, I'm less interested. I've never heard of Bazinga in the wild, uh, except for at Comic-Con. Uh, <laughs> Airbnb says it's cracking down on fake listings. 59,000 fraudulent ads pulled from app this year. This is, uh, this is from uh, my birthday. Fake listings have emerged as a major problem for Airbnb, threatening to scare off consumers and prompting the short-term rental service to use AI in an effort to crack down on fraudsters. Airbnb says it removed 59,000 fake listings and prevented 157,000 others from joining the platform this year. Fake listings and high cleaning fees are among several issues Airbnb said Wednesday that its users highlighted in the company survey. And it goes on to basically say that um, consumer confidence has been completely lost in Airbnb and that hotels are now what people want to use again. And the Airbnb is probably like going to go back to like 1% of the size that it used to be. They don't make me clean my hotel room. There you go. It's a fixed cost. You say, I'm going to pay this much money. And then you walk away. Yeah, that's it. It's that easy. And then once like people figured out you could just do that, they're like, oh, yeah. They're living in someone's house full of cameras, etc. Like, like I get, I, like I get. I think I get it if it's gonna literally be like an extended stay. Or like, no, I'm gonna be here for like a month and a half, for whatever reason. I don't know. Don't care. You know. But then it kind of makes sense because it's like, well, I kind of do want to be able to like bust open a tea kettle and feel like I'm not like just in a pen. Or a cage. Like even nice hotels still feel like there's nothing here. There's no like. Yeah. There's not even like a Connect Four. <laughs> Actually, there aren't like just a pile of magazines in the toilet. Like there, just. That's what's funny is there is a hotel like that. It's called the Freehand. There's a one in Chicago, L.A. Um, been the one in Miami as well. Um, and it is like that. They have like books on the shelves, and like they're meant for you to read. They're clearly like been read and stuff. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of set up like a little apartment. It's like a half hostel, half hotel. Pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, but, you know, but I'm yeah, too adult and too prissy now to stay in a hostel too. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Well, I'll God help us. I feel the same way. Um, here we go. I'm gonna read a like a sub headline first. Reality has changed, and a lot of it isn't coming back. What do you think I'm reading about? COVID-19. For Southwest Florida... skin moisturizer. <laughs> For Southwest Florida residents, there's now two timelines that dominate our lives, before and after Hurricane Ian. 
Uh-huh. A year ago, Ian was just a name, maybe a loved one, a friend or a neighbor down the street. Summer was rapping. This is my birthday, by the way, the local newspaper, the front cover. Um, I <laughs> Summer was wrapping up just enough time to squeeze in a few more trips down to Fort Myers Beach and the Barrier Islands before a version of a cold season set in. Most of us were used to coming to decompress inside a sturdy and dry house after a hard day at work or school. I'm sure coming home to a decompress inside a sturdy and dry house. Oh, yes, a now falling down in uh, moisture compromised house. Since September 28th of last year, the truth is that reality is gone. The word Ian can bring a shudder down someone's spine and an onslaught of painful memories. Certain areas throughout the region still look as if the storm ripped just through just days ago. Completely true. I recently took a tour of the area. Absolutely still looks like I recently said that on this podcast. Hundreds, if not thousands, still find themselves displaced from the storm or living in hurricane-damaged homes, unable to afford repairs or find those to make the fixes. That's actually the second one's the biggest mm-hmm. problem. You basically have to bribe people to get up on the list to like get your stuff repaired, mm-hmm. unless you were like in the first week or two getting stuff set up, um, which most people couldn't because th- there was no phones or power. The harsh and undeniable reality is that Ian is one of those most hurric- uh, worst hurricanes to not just hit southwest Florida, but the entire state. After making landfall in Keokasta... I spelled that wrong. Uh, I used to go there as a kid. It's a beautiful little um, kind of a C-shaped sandbar that people kind of dock. They're, you know, small, very small. If you have if you're the smallest boat you have your family ever bought and can put four people on, you bring it out there and you put up tents and stuff and you camp out there. So that's exactly where Always the hurricane. Always a boat. Yeah. I, I, a boat. I don't have a boat. Um, I, you know, had a boat growing up, but maybe one day. I have a dock for it. Well, I'll keep thinking about it. I have to, you have to take care of a boat, really. And, and respecting taking care of a boat, I can't have one unless I could confidently know that I would be taking good care of it. Or you could be like the guy in Eastbound and Down and just get like a couple of jet skis. That's true. <laughs> you could easy, you could actually put two jet skis on that uh, that <laughs> boat that boat lift. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. It's pretty fun. Um. Anyway. Uh, let's see. It came through with 150 foot winds and 18 feet of storm surge, and I will say wow. this: it's it's yeah, that was a record. All those things were records. Anyway, yeah, uh, that was a year I ago. I mean, New York is flooding right now. Yep. From Ophelia. It's insane. I mean, in, I say insane because it's not that insane at this point. Now it's just, oh, just how much more worse is it going to be this time? I can't believe that that was a year ago that that all happened. It feels like both a million years ago and yesterday that's like so weird um did you know that there's a man who is convicted in the uh of the january 6th uh stuff who lives around here in town and he has been missing since he was convicted oh in naples he jumped off the grid he's now a wanted man for the january 6th crimes and he is gone he is in the wind oh it's only a matter of time there's too much facial recognition shit oh and, and he can't be a genius <laughs> i don't no. think um what else here also here's another thing about uh climate change a little more fun and interesting um exotic riders on the storm hurricanes have been responsible for bringing animals to florida for decades it's not just flamingos other creatures that call florida at home today have a history with hurricanes while Hurricane Adalia delivered dozens of flamingos to the eastern United States over the past few weeks, other animals have either brought here 
A bending either brought by storm or set free by storm or expanded the range in the wake of storms. Um, this would also include the cattle egret, which we see everywhere here. Anytime there's um, a standing pool of water, you'll have these, like, they look like uh, storks, tiny storks. They pop up everywhere. And uh, we also have iguanas, which run wild like rats here. It's crazy. They're all over the place. That I do know, and that's crazy to me. <laughs> it's just wet enough, and they eat hibiscus and stuff. I bet you one day I'll see an iguana like living in my backyard just chomping on all those hibiscus. It's their favorite food. Yeah, we only have like lizards that are like two or three inches long, and they like skitter around, and they're cute. And you go, ah, and then they skitter away, and then that's it. Yeah, I'm uh, down in the Keys. People eat them. They, like, cook them up. So, because there's just so many. Oh, what else? What else? Oh, oh yeah. I have a, mm -hmm. I also mm -hmm. have a news mm -hmm. update for you. Let yes. me pull it up. I only have a couple left, so. Brian, recently you and I had a episode uh -oh. where we talked about um, a... Uh, controversial conquistador monument in town well wouldn't you know it there's some updates mm -hmm. so uh the uh the day that there was a shooting in albuquerque okay over a statue there was also a protest that same day at a different statue of the same conquistador but in northern new mexico so there this 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 particular individual has monuments to him around the state and although shooting erupted at the albuquerque site the one up north remained mostly peaceful um, I say mostly because there was, like, kind of escalations that occurred, but they didn't super-duper escalate. So, um, in response to the ongoing protests, the city, and along with the owner of the statue, decided to take it down and put it into storage. Okay. Um, this was not a monument that was destroyed. Right. Pro while protests occurred there and it was vandalized, it wasn't like destroyed. So they took the they took the statue, which I think was a bronze, and they put it away somewhere and they've been trying to get it back up somewhere. The city of Española, which is the site of uh, the location of the eagerly awaited new Nathan Fielder, <laughs> Amy Adams vehicle. Starring Benny Safdie, which filmed, yes, in Española. They play two real estate flippers. Yeah, they play two real estate flippers. That's the thing I linked you to. I didn't know though. about so it either the until curse. they just announced it. Yeah, the curse. Wow. So they filmed it in Española. So this is where, so I guess uh, building, you know, riding high on the good news that they were going to be featured on this television show, Española decided, hey, why don't we start putting up the racist conquistador statue again? And everyone was like, hey, don't do it. <laughs> and they were like, okay, well, what if we wait? They're like, what if instead of early in September, we wait till like the end of September? Because that's like a better date for some reason. And everyone was like, no, don't do it. 
And so everyone's been, like, having this kind of back and forth about it. They had postponed it. And finally, like, a day or so ago, they said, like, on Wednesday, on Wednesday, okay. they the city of Española was going to dedicate the monument again. Protesters showed up, and yet again, the city said, you know what, we won't dedicate it. So everybody, like, chills out. On Thursday, continued protests. And then a guy shows up in a MAGA hat oh, no. and opens fire into the crowd. He claims self-defense. The video shows decidedly otherwise. I, I don't think, like, it's not even one of those videos where you can be like, huh, it could go either way. No, you're looking at that going, yeah, that's murder. Wow. <laughs> so, um... There's some photos at the on the newspaper. Some people who were um, uh, present. This fellow in the red MAGA hat was in the video that was released. Um, that's the guy. He apparently identified himself to the reporters who were at the location because by then it had been kind of like a hot zone. So a lot of people were present there. And uh... Wow. We were just talking about that statue on this show mm -hmm. like three episodes mm -hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the video is is online. Um, it is graphic. It does yep. show quite clearly from its um, uh, point of view. Uh, there are some other really interesting um, photos because the, uh, like I said, a lot of news organizations were already there um, when the shooting itself happened. So there was one photo in particular um, where I think it was the Albuquerque Journal. Um, their photographer got a photo where it almost looks like the photographer's like looking down the barrel of the gun. Holy shit. Like he it, like it looks like he was basically like in the line of fire, right? Oh Maybe a little farther away, but it looks like he definitely risked himself for... Damn. Let me see if I can find it. Because it was... I don't think it was the New Mexican who got it. I think it was the Albuquerque Journal. But yeah, so it happened again, basically. Because this is a... Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, not a, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's, that's a terrifying photo. That's clear. And that's not self-defense. No. That's also he's, not even... He's nowhere near anybody. No, it's also not even how you hold a gun, either. He, he's what I mean is he's clearly like yeah you know fucking gun psycho. Yeah, so uh, he was wearing he he was uh, again he was part of the MAGA crowd protesters and he had been there again he had already identified himself to reporters earlier that day and I think even the day before he had been asked to leave earlier that day for causing a disturbance, and then they came back. Wow. Yeah. Um, what I saw, I saw it somewhere else on a different, like, uh, I don't, I don't know if it was in the journal or if it was a different one, but that they had kicked him out, um, and then that 
I don't. I think state police kicked him out, but then that Española sheriffs let him back in, or something. So it was like, you know, a bunch of the different, um, uh, agencies just didn't. I guess weren't communicating. Um, oh, he also uh, uh, drove a Tesla. That's like actually what I was just about to ask you when I saw a white Tesla in the article. Yeah, so there you go. He, fit, he, he, dr- he he arrived at the protest in his white Tesla. He likes pages on American history, my pillow, and a chihuahua pretending to be a construction worker. Mm. Well, there you go. It tells you everything about his online. That plus the car tells you everything. I bet you he was on Twitter. And Reddit had a Musk bunch and... of uh, really good photo compilations of who he was and his uh, social media because, of course, they did. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah. Um, the person that he shot is a climate protester, um, but is a Hopi uh, uh, person who uh, was here in town, I guess, for some climate conference. Oh. Interesting. So. Wow. Yeah, that's like, that's, uh, that's continuing to happen. Yeah, so, no, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, I guess what I can also share with you in more uplifting news, because we were also talking about this, it's that Marty Moose can't stay away from Santa Fe. Oh my God, Marty Moose! Marty continues to be seen on a southward path, despite the fact that he was driven up north. And release. He really wants to come back to Santa Fe. They just need to make him a little like area to live. We are unsure why the mount why the moose continues to return south. Yeah, Game just... and Fish spokesperson Darren Vaughn wrote. We are not aware of any other moose in this area or in the state at this time. Um, it's because the moose wants to eat some chili. Yeah. He wants a sopapilla. Okay, we've said this. This isn't a mystery. The yeah. moose really likes it here. That's enough. The hardest part is how he shall afford rent. <laughs> Am I right? Good. Well, he needs a lot of square square footage, you know, like acres, really. <laughs> he needs Okay, so everyone of... starts being Here's where we're going to recruit our next comedians, Brian, in the comment section. Oh, okay. Mexican. We're going to have an where... all comments comedy festival. Apparently, Marty is the moose different and feels more at home in Santa Fe. I think he deserves an artistic tribute, perhaps a mural or a bronze statue. <laughs> he does. He almost made it to the plaza, so maybe he is the solution to the controversial monument. And look, 23 likes. Oh, my God. One thumbs down. One hater. One hater who's like, mm, he didn't make it to the plaza. He almost oh, made at, it. Look at this. You can see who liked it. <gasps> who's the You can't see who the haters are. Oh, it's me. Wow. It was me. I was like, no. It's not funny enough. <laughs> Sally Rogers says... <laughs> Lots of people head south for the winter. Why not a moose as well? A bold and adventurous spirit. Vamoose. <laughs> God, this is amazing. I can't believe we get to read this for free. 
somehow keep going. it's Kathleen King says uh -huh. somehow it seems to me that this moose is probably better equipped than the fish and game folks to know if and where another moose might be further now that he is tagged and trackable why not learn what he knows or thinks he knows by watching and by staying out of his way and keeping trigger-happy human males away from him so their killer instincts don't intervene. Okay. Kathleen King does not think very highly of either the fish and game folks or the trigger-happy human males. Yeah. But if it, <laughs> he is going to town. I don't know. I think if he wanted to avoid people, he'd just be out in the middle of a field. But There is a children's book that just came out called Moose on the Loose. <laughs> it's about Marty the Moose and written by one of the Ozo Motley musicians. Wow. Thanks, Elizabeth, for that info. Elizabeth Jones checking in to give us this info, yeah. Cal Spencer, uh -huh. locally, local commentator who <laughs> literally comments on every, i've never seen this guy not comment on any of the articles click on any article wow about anything and he's in there like talabasitas are a good choice for fall cuisine thanks <laughs> food and beverage section maybe that should be us <laughs> anyway cal says yeah build a wall and make the moose pay for it 15 thumbs up one thumb and zero thumbs down i feel like it should have more thumbs down yeah it could, even people who are confused you don't get the the what he's making fun of or something yeah well like i mean why do we want to keep the moose out we want them all the moose in well really we want the moose to go wherever he wants to go mark mark has a bit of a conflict here mark says Marty Moose is manifestly male. Therefore, let's be consistent in giving him he, his, him pronouns. Oh, my God. And it's time to glide over another similar hurdle, too. It is illegal to shoot moose who are protected in New Mexico, not which. I see. But Martin says, incorrect. For AP style, you only use who if you're discussing a named animal. Mm. In this instance, the author is discussing moose in general. So it's which. Mark replies, oh, understood. Oh, please keep reading. But I wasn't reading. Referring to the style guides used by journalists. The stylists who determine such rules are generally conservative and behind the times in their thinking. Which we know about they the They are AP slow guy. to recognize that animals deserve a good measure of moral regard and it's right to refer to all vertebrates, at least, with the relative pronoun who. Is it okay if I think this is strange? Or... Yes, okay. Brian. This is a very strange conversation. Because <laughs> it means we're personifying all animals, which is a bad thing. Because we shouldn't personify. It, it's all. It's all weird. There are all of these people are weird. <laughs> this is 
Also, they're having this discussion under they're, the yeah, fun uh, article for Marty Moose. This is not the place to be having this very serious conversation. So uh, that's why I'm saying that Mark is confused. If he thinks he's being a, an ally, he is very much so not being one in this instance. And if he's being like a smart ass troll then yeah exactly no so i'm not paying attention to any and and then shame on martin for trying to engage with mark in the first place yes also um manuel says <laughs> he skips right over that and he says santa fe is the tourist attraction of nm exclamation no argument there i don't know if that was up for debate really in the topic at hand but thank you i mean it's appreciated People come to see our moves. Tom chimes in. I watched two moose swim in a lake in Idaho this summer. <laughs> it's the most. It's the first sentence it defines it as completely off topic. <laughs> Here's something I once learned about a moose. I saw two of them in Idaho one time. <laughs> This is like old people Reddit. This is what old people Reddit is like. But please continue. They like wet marshy areas. Perhaps this one could be moved into northern Colorado next time. Lots of moose up there. Jane, pick me baker. <laughs> immediately jumps on Tom's dick and replies, I'm from Idaho. Where did you see the moose? One day ago, no response, no response. from Tom. I'm sorry, Jinx. Gotta shoot your shot, though. <laughs> I'm also from Idaho and enjoy the vision of a moose. <laughs> Two moose swimming in a lake, perhaps. <laughs> exactly. They're kissing. Hmm? Their little ears are poking out and flicking one another playfully. <laughs> this is covered in algae. Because <laughs> they're constantly alluring so, so and slick and slimy. <coughs> the wet marshy. <coughs> I got Andy too doesn't do, doesn't care. The for idea such of wet marshy moose romance is <laughs> just too tantalizing for my brain i can't handle it andy says andy too tries to cut through all the bullshit and he simply <laughs> says k viva marty <laughs> yeah that's and right that that garners three thumbs up whereas the manual garcia santa fe is the tourist attraction of nm only garnered one <laughs> jessica brown has oh. a bit of a story to add mm-hmm she says, I believe it was 2021 when a moose was sighted just off the ski basin road by a family. I believe it was mentioned in the New Mexican. Oh. I invite your reporter <laughs> to do more scientific research in their reporting. There seem to be a lot of gee whiz articles that don't ask a lot of questions. History of moose in New Mexico. Tick-borne diseases that may be making them crazy. Habitat they may be seeking. What? Two thumbs up, seven thumbs down. Yeah, because she's like, this article, it says everything it needs to say, but also you guys aren't scientists. 
it's a G Wiz article because yeah, it's it's literally Marty Moose news. Okay, this isn't <laughs> like this isn't like UNM has just released a new report on the uh, protected um, habitat of moose. Like, no, that's yeah. not at all what's happening here, Miss. Uh, uh, uh. Cindy Allstead? No. There, I don't want to misattribute this hate. Jessica Brown. Jessica Brown. Uh, yeah, I believe it was 2021 when a moose was sighted. And then someone, someone corrects her. It was nine months ago, not 2021. Same moose. Same moose. Last winter. <laughs> that's that's the name of this episode. Thanks, Jerry and Nicole. Same, Same moose. Last, last winter. <laughs> Why wasn't Marty tagged with a tracker when he was sedated for trans? Because he's not like a science project. He's just a moose on the loose. We're not like trying to. We thought that would be the last time we'd ever see him, but he came back. Well, well, Brian Patrick took the words oh. right out of your mouth. Excuse me. He says. <laughs> Because our trivial curiosity about the whereabouts of this moose doesn't warrant the undue suffering and risk of harm that could result from applying such a device. And the beast was located anyway, without a tracker. Tracker in the cyber future. Yeah. Everyone just needs to leave it alone. It should only be relocated in the case that it's actually risking well, anyone's safety. It is like an eight foot tall. Five thumbs up <laughs> from Pat for Patrick. Carolyn got zero interaction for her <laughs> tracker question. <laughs> Leanne decides to stir shit up between our neighbors to the north and he and she writes oh my god he prefers the green chili in new mexico over colorado green oh chili. shots fired that is this real... comment has been edited however <laughs> for vulgarity wonder, wonderfully Leanne had gone on a rant decided <laughs> yeah. to tone it down yeah she's like she's just like a, a hard r in there or something yeah. just writes it all back oh no oh, it was about green chili i just said this <laughs> moose He's up to no good. I, oh, I'll bet moose. you're one of those chili. Oh, no. I bet you're one of those moose defenders. What are you, Canadian? Moose defenders. <laughs> Son of a chili-less moose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. That's the new insult in New Mexico is being accused of being an offspring of Marty Moose. So Patrick, so who, who so eloquently clapped back at Carolyn, mm -hmm. he has something of his own to say. Ooh. Meese are such astounding creatures. Oh, one up, one down. <laughs> mixed, yeah. mixed response to his half joke. <laughs> I'll bet it was the Carolyn DM. Yeah. See, it oh, looks like so many posts. Carolyn Whip, Ooh. a different Carolyn, liked the oh. Meese comment. I'll bet the thumbs down was the other character. I think the New Mexican might be a dating website. <laughs> the New Mexico comments section. Manuel adds, Ooh. that green chili aroma is just too much for him. He needs his green chili fix. That means that he came back to the article and posted another comment like a day later. Because <laughs> the first one said two days ago, I think. David says... After that stunning donkey beatdown on Sunday, which I don't know what that means, mm. even the moose is embarrassed to be in Colorado right now. Donkey. 
Is that like a Broncos? That a bro- oh, Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the scores, but that's my Wow, guess. that that guy was hoping a Denver Broncos fan would get in there and be like <laughs> scrap it up. Rachel had only one word. Oh. A w- single word of concern. Mhm. Pobrecito. Uh, can you fill me in Which on that means, one? means it just means like aw. Hmm. Like, aw, miserable little creature. I love our miserable little creatures. But look at him. He does not, he's not miserable. Poor baby moose. That's what I would say. Except uh, he's, you know, six and a half, seven feet tall. Oh. So the New Mexican has really been uh, really going for all of these, like, really kind of... Uh, Here, I'm looking away. Uh, kind of sensational headlines lately Mm -hmm. and this one came out recently that was talking about how our mayor has been getting booed oh what but here's the thing oh while it is true that he has been getting booed really i don't think he's getting booed any more than any other mayor around here has and i've i know because i've asked people i was like hey do you ever remember such and such a mayor being booed and then, like, the old-timers, like, they, like, pause and they go, Yeah, one time I was at a place and somebody said a thing and then everyone booed that mayor. And I was like, oh, okay, so this isn't, like, a unique thing. This isn't, like, the first time that a city has booed a mayor. Interesting. Every, well, I think they did a lot in New York City. Um, that's funny. You know, I've never seen a mayor be booed. I've seen a mayor be feted quite a few times, but um, I met the mayor of our city uh, when I went to vote, whenever the last election was, and uh, John Gunter is his name, and I was going to vote for him by default because there wasn't really an option, which you know isn't a thing I do anymore, but I was going to vote for him by default at the time. And then he said something to me. He's like, hey, and I got rid of those uh, mask mandates down at the city. And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, I unchecked the box. <laughs> but thank you for, but, but to him, I was like, well, thanks for that information. <laughs> well, I like his Selma killing policy. <laughs> but I'm not so pleased about his Bart killing policy. I feel like that's all, like, the choices we have anyway, right? Like, yeah. Diane Feinstein's dead, but like, what's gonna happen? We're just gonna get some dipshit to replace her. That's gonna be exactly like her, right? Yeah. Do you think it'll be an old or a young? A, oh a wait, newbie? The, the mic. The mic is oh, doing. Oh, sorry, a... sorry. It's because I was covering. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, do you think? I'm just, um... I'm just I'm trying to save our listeners. Um, do you think that it'll be a newbie or a, a, a tenured person of politics? Oh, oh I, I think it'll be some, like, established name in California politics. Oh, okay. who, who that might be, who knows. But, yeah, no, there's no way they're handing something that important to, like, a nobody. Okay. I mean, there's probably a bunch of, uh, you know, like, people in the California legislature who have been, like, itching to get into that seat. Oh, they yeah. They have a big legislature. A lot of, yeah, that's right, a lot of people. 
looking for a story. Maybe they get Arnie. Maybe they get Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, would he be eligible for that? Can he I be don't a know, senator? But I hope so. I would. I would. I would hope so too. I think that would be an interesting. He could be the senator. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. You know what? And I think to answer my own question, I don't think you have to be born to be a senator. Let's. Well, see. maybe maybe they just like they voted to make Fetterman start wearing suits. Maybe they can vote to let. Do they really do that? Be... Yeah, they passed the dress code. Oh my god. He he like showed up in a suit the next day. But. no bueno it's no bueno dude just wants to do his thing it's fine he just wants to party all the time and why not one of the most quintessentially american foods craft singles cheese slices has landed on the do not eat list on tuesday Kraft heinz said it's recalling eighty-three thousand cases of its infamously individually wrapped processed cheese slices because they could cause gagging or choking in a statement posted on its website, Illinois-based Kraft Heinz said that due to a temporary issue with one of its wrapping machines, a strip of plastic film could be left clinging to the cheese slices after they've been unwrapped, which the company predicts, quote, could be unpleasant for consumers and, quote, could potentially cause a gagging or choking hazard. Apparently, at least six people have suffered that fate and reported to Kraft, which wow. have decided to take action. There have not been any injuries seriously reported as of yet, though the company says it has identified and fixed the problem machine, it is still recalling the following products. 16. Okay, so one of those I have. I never buy Kraft American cheese singles. I usually get like the deli sliced American yellow cheese instead. But As you should. But as it was, I bought some slices and I swear I noticed that and I was like, what the fuck? There's this weird piece of plastic in here, like in melted into the, you know, because I was made like I was melting it on something. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I like pulled this plastic out of there. So I was one of those affected persons. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the one time, the one of two times a year I like make a grilled cheese for myself and I got fucked over by random plastic. It was fun. I mean, I read this two days later, too. Yeah, well, like, I mean, there's also the, like, reality that, like, microplastics are, like, everywhere now, right? Yes. We were talking about that kinda... last week, right? A little bit. Yeah. Like, it's, like, found in the human heart now and stuff. And it's, like, small enough to, like, like to get, like, absorbed by cells. And, like, like now, like, white blood cells think plastic is, like, a virus or something trying to attack it. Oh, whoa. It's, like, up and down the food chain. Like, you know, like. That's crazy. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think... Uh, I mean, I don't know what the future is going to be like. I, I think there's going to yeah. be a tremendous amount of suffering and decay first. Yes. I don't think that, like, humankind will be eradicated. No. I, I don't... I, I don't... I don't... I don't think I'll make it. Like... <laughs> I mean, if I'm, like, honest with myself, and that's more like... I, I don't mean that, like... I mean, I think, like... Uh, I think I'll be long gone by the time it really comes home. I think uh, I think we're gonna patch things and make do. I think we're gonna make uh, the cycles of weather acceptable somehow. Where it's it won't last, um, but things will collapse and they'll collapse hard. Um, and but I but I'm hoping that's like in twenty thirty years. Yes, I feel that way and, too. 
And, we'll, and I think I'll like have just missed the like worst of it. But like I think after that, yeah, there's gonna be like um it's gonna be any number of the zombie Mad Max scenarios that play out. Like and they're all gonna play out and not play out simultaneously everywhere, right? Like some places are gonna like kind of feel like a utopia. Some places are gonna be like, well, nothing is different here. Yes. Um, but other places that won't be the case, and so then that'll create all kinds of displacement and what happens when the grid goes down and like we don't like know how to like plant a carrot. Yeah. Um. No, I mean that's yeah. So lots of suffering, I think. Uh, but. Um, and I think it'll hit people kind of equally. I don't think that people's wealth will protect them. I think it'll be unavoidable, a lot of the things that happen, yeah. Because everyone that lives in town, whether you have a nice house or, you know, a really expensive house or, you know, whatever, you're still well, under like, the path of the hurricane. Well, they can't even insulate themselves from, like, the impacts of the housing market, right? Like, Yeah, that's actually they, an they, article they, that I had right here. They, they they raise prices on houses so much, right, that people in Tahoe can't afford to live there, right? So now nobody can serve them like ice water with a lemon wedge right so like they they kind of create this own like this own problem right they they're they're like parasites who bleed everything dry and so then there's like nothing to feed on so they starve and that's exactly what's going to happen i think um and that's what i mean like i think it'll be like uh an equal opportunity uh it'll be a great equalizer again um Yes, I think it will be. Because if I know how to plant a garden, I'm not going to do that for pay in the apocalypse. I'm going to do that for me. Exactly. You're going to be doing it for yourself and your family and whoever you're, you know, making your mm-hmm. stuff for. But I, I, I also agree, and it's not, um, it's not typically considered how. There was an article in the newspaper just a couple of days ago about uh, our local paper about how there's basically two different things that are going to happen in our local area for real estate. The the prices could drop by around 40% based on in the next couple decades based on climate other climate events happening scaring people away from the market, slowing things down, etc. But also there's a different effect where there's a large group of people moving in for, you know, perceived uh, political comfortability, comfortability like oh, we're going to live in Florida because it's the place that has our mm-hmm. you know agreeable people or whatever but i think that realistically the decimation of property values will beat out anything else like i feel like florida will within 30 to 40 years be like almost like this area uh, you know a couple more hurricanes like the one we just had if we have one more hurricane this year like the one we just had last year this town would be abandoned by pretty much every major investor that margaritaville would never get finished um and what's left is su- in such disrepair or it's still in piles on the street i mean i just read today's newspaper mm-hmm. today's local mm-hmm. newspaper said one year down a decade to go about our recovery efforts like so it's true like well and that's assuming that none of those recovery efforts also get hindered in their own way 
if there's another fucking hurricane that Which happens there will to be. through that path, right? Like, Which there will be. Because, like, I think there was some article I read that was saying that, like, everyone in Florida essentially plays this lottery, right? Because, like, it, it affects everyone kind of generally, but, like, that the worst of the path is basically, like, that's, like, the shit, like, the shit eater lotto, right? Like, yeah. because it carves out this, like, path and you get to say, oh, it didn't hit me. It hit the next town over, maybe, right? And it's you get true. to say, I only got a bunch of water, so you get to say, I made it. But, like, no, you didn't. Right. Like, not really, My right? My community because didn't like, make it. it. Was just, right, because it was just by accident, really, that your house made it. But yeah, the impacts of that. Yeah, I told you, it was basically just a few centimeters of water that you know stopped mm-hmm. from coming in my house. It was just luck. So, yeah. And how many times can you have that even come close? Like, if I had if I had a, another time that was half as that bad, I would still be like, well, I'm never going to do this again. I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's either making the decision to avoid that or just waiting for it to happen. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it seems like you should just leave before that happens, but. Let's see. Oh, there was a uh, an article in the Times speaking of uh, video games just generally. The the Times put a little intro article in their uh, cover page in the back of their cover page. They said that they uh, here it's written by Sarah Barr. She said that Jason Bailey, an editor of the New York Times Culture Desk, remembers feeling as if the Times had missed the opportunity to cover a major moment in pop culture. It was October 2018. And Red Dead Redemption 2, the hotly anticipated video game prequel to the 2010 Frontier Saga, had just come out. The Times had ran an ad for the game, which would go on to sell more than 55 million copies. It's made by the same company that makes uh, Grand Theft Auto. But in the news pages, there was no review of the game, no feature, no acknowledgement that it had even been released. I, I, I already have an answer for this. Uh, let's see. We review every single play or musical that goes on Broadway... But we do not, uh, and we should be doing that, but that means we should also be reviewing and criticizing the biggest video game releases at the very least. Um, And so I look at this, and I think to myself, there is a reason that the Times didn't do, although, you know, I don't respect them entirely. um, There's a reason that the Times didn't do video game reviews, and that's because frequently their pages become advertisement sections. And I think that as compromised as the Times is admitting that they are here about video game reviews and the reason why they never did that, also because they probably didn't see it as an art form that deserves review, which I don't think it does. It deserves at most like a buyer's guide, says this is kind of what the game is. If you like these things, you're into it, then get Mm -hmm. it or not. I don't know. I don't believe in reviews with scores attached anyway, or stars for that matter. but video game news is news now, I think, mm-hmm. especially as much as it wasn't before, as much as it was industry press before now, I look at, you know, this page, and now my mind is activated thinking about this book, thinking about addiction by design. Because as much as it is now someone in the Times on the front section saying that they need to focus more on video games and video game releases, in my mind, it is because of the kinds of news stories like Fortnite making, you know, twice as much money as cinemas that's mm-hmm. and so much as hacker news and all that kind of stuff has become business news video game news yep. is also business yep. news yep well and it's like right it's, and it's i think it's easy to say that with like the large studios right like yes 
But it's not like the New York Times never covers like indie films in their yeah, film they cover reviews. Every level of film, it, I, there is a whole big article in there about Infinity Pool. That was the only reason I knew about mm-hmm. it before you told me about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, there have been, and there will be big giant games that are still coming out, right? Like, I mean, everyone was fucking talking about Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah. Like, so, right? Why wouldn't the New York Times have put even an article about it in somewhere? Yeah. Like, but there was not a single word that I saw. Uh, I mean, and here's another one. If I'm, if, right, we we're just talking about uh, the need to appear youthful. Right. Right? Like, well, how are you going to keep a readership going if you're not even able to, like, say, hey, this new game came out. Yeah. Everybody check it out. Here's an interview with the musical director. Exactly. Guy. And I would right? love because, to like, read that. Like, they don't have to. Do, right. They, it doesn't have to be a review of the game for the New York Times to make it about that. Because yeah. sometimes they do that, right? The story isn't about the New York ballet. It's about, let's follow this one prima ballerina and she can tell us about what it was like living her life or something. Totally. Yeah. They want ter- to turn right. turn into a story. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, no problem. <gasps> Ooh, got a package? We got a package. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a New Zealand accent? Package. I apologize to anyone from New Zealand who ever listens to this. Oh, it's the stuff for my Halloween costume. Ooh, special. Hey. God. Oh my God, so exciting. I'll be dressing up as um, a normal sexy librarian, which is just a normal librarian. <laughs> um, we are going to be Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, I think it makes the most sense. So. Are, are you going to be attending a party? Um, we haven't planned anything yet. I mean, I would say yes, because obviously, like, but the point is that I dress up regardless. Like, I've dressed up every single year of my life, regardless of whether that. I went anywhere. It like, especially in the pandemic, I was like, party at home. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah. Well, I feel Maybe like I'll I needed it even more, right? Like, it was, a, I mean, here's the other one, right? Like, because I used to teach, I never had a reason to not celebrate it, right? right. So when yeah. you're an adult, you have to be like, well, if Halloween's, like, on a Friday or on a Saturday, like, it's great. We could go to, like, costume parties. It's going to be cool. Otherwise, it's you kind of have, like, a half-assed costume party where everyone comes in costume anyway, but it's, like, it's not really Halloween. So it's, like... Yeah, it's kind of fun, but now I'm going to drive on the highway or take the subway or the bus or ride over to my friend's You're house. Spider-Man. Yeah, right. And I'm, you know, and it's fine. No one cares, but it's still like, yeah, whatever. Right. But you do feel like you've won the Halloween lottery when it's on the weekend. Right. So. Yeah. But when I was teaching, kids celebrate Halloween regardless. Right. So. I always celebrated Halloween because I was like, great, even if I'm not doing anything as an adult this weekend, I can still put on some, like, dumb dipshit costume and give out Kit Kats to the kiddos, and I get to at least, like, yay, we had spooky season, you know? Oh, I'm ordering... Yeah. 
<laughs> I have this like candy brain now. It's killing me. Like as soon as you said that, it's just oh. Uh, you can order custom like well. Let me say maybe not custom. Maybe what I want to say is uh, you can order like rare Haribos. Ooh, <laughs> I love that idea. Strawberry Haribos, the pickle gherkin, the the cream berries. There's just so many rare Haribos, and you can go online and buy, like, a gallon tub of it. Oh, man. You know what? I also love the ones when I was in Iceland. They had the, the like, 52 different varieties of Haribo, and some of them were, like, incredibly specific. But, man, they were good. There was, like, a strawberry raspberry one. I remember it was, like, amazing. They had the best peach rings I've ever had before. And also, okay, you need you need to go online and get you some rare Haribos <laughs> for spooky season because you know what you've earned it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh man, I'm giving you permission, my son. Go with God. <laughs> so, I think I did have something prepared here. Let's see. Didn't I? Didn't I? Oh, that's right. You can't see my screen. Well, that's fine. I'll share my screen once I find the thing. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. For spooky season. Yes. I am so, also... Um, I have acquired these uh, skull garland cutouts because we needed a very easy and quick and cheap way to decorate a classroom for spooky season oh good idea and so like um i tell all of my teacher friends oh you don't have to really spend that much i mean one you shouldn't spend any money but like if you're going to because you're that kind of person who's corny like that that's what paper decorations are for like cut out some bats hanging them hang them up and you use like 10 cents worth of paper and like some glue and like you can do the same approach to decorating your home like i'm a very like diy crafty dipshit because like i like the holidays and stuff i think it yeah we do i think we've talked those. about this like it, it the i think the unhappy childhood has quite a bit to do about like <laughs> wanting to celebrate the holidays now yes in, my, in our own way yeah I did. I decorated for the Olympics. I put up like different little, like uh, things, little flags. Okay, that's dorky, but like I'm allow it. What can I say? I have more enthusiasm about watching like international sport competition than I do Christmas. I guess. No, that's fair though, right? Like, like I remember telling, um, like when when I was driving around with Tyler in Los Angeles, and I was being like, "Oh, look, the Oscars building or whatever." <laughs> he would. I'm sorry, it's just would, that's what you made it. Out no, of. it is funny though. Yeah, right? but is. like, but like he would say, like, "Well, did you like ever have Oscar parties in LA?" I'm like, "Well, I didn't, but." I'm like, they were kind of everywhere, so in the sense that, like, yeah, because, like, that was just going to the bar the night that it happened, right? right. Like, it was going to be on TV the way, like, I don't know, a big sports game was going to be yeah. on, or the way the Olympics would be on. If it was Olympic season, you'd go to, into any bar with TVs, that's what's going to be on. Because everyone in town's in the biz or knows someone in the biz, so it's so, relevant to watch it. That's right. So... 
I feel like I, I was like, but I'd go out. I'm like, and especially when I lived in Hollywood, the like I lived like kind of near Oscar theater. So sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm going to like see if I can spend the night at like a friend's house mm. or someone just so that I can like avoid all of that nonsense and like, oh, we'll use this op- since I know traffic's going to be shitty. Um, this is the opportunity we go to Palm Springs for a girls weekend or some stupid shit like that, right? Like, but just as easily, the Oscars are being shown at the bar in Palm Springs, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Palm Springs. So I'm going to tell my friends I'm going down to Palm Springs for Oscar season. Avoid the uh, avoid the scuffle. Avoid the crowds. Yeah. No, I mean honestly, I mean it's 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 like it feels kind of silly, but like you couldn't avoid it then, right? Whereas like now I couldn't like so going to an Oscar party in L.A. felt like a low bar. It felt like oh yeah, I just have to show up, right? Like great, and then I get to drink like champagne and get to be like <laughs> oh I love when they do this song, right? But. Like, who's throwing an Oscar party in Santa Fe? Um, like, I'm not. Like, I don't care that much, and I don't think any of the bars are going to be like, oh, the Oscars are on tonight. Like, the, I, that's the staff thing. of Santa Fe Studios. Are, no, I don't know. It'd be so. I don't know. I, are, they may not even. I right? bet they you people like, people that? who work at an in, in the industry are having a house party at most. I bet you know that's probably at most. Yeah, at most. Right, but like, you know. It, again, it was easy in L.A. because it was like, oh, I can just put on a cute outfit and show up, and it's just like I'm dressing up to go out anyway. Yeah, see, that's so – I do have – and maybe it's because I never had it. It probably is because I never had it. The, the, the oppor- so I could have never had the desire because there was never a realistic opportunity. But, yeah, I never got to, like, have that kind of an experience ever, really. Well, like, I mean, we can throw a party about anything, right? Like, I have a friend who, she she celebrates Easter. And it's not because she, like, loves Jesus or anything. Like, obviously, like, Jesus is a big part of Easter. But she always throws, like, an Easter brunch. Okay. Uh, but it's because it's her only excuse to use her, like, grandma's tea set that, okay, you know, like, her grandma is no longer with us and... She, like, is like, oh, well, when I was a little kid, like, my grandma always threw Easter brunch, and we'd all get together, and it's, like, my fondest memory. So she, like, throws a party every Easter where she invites all of her goofy-ass friends, and we all, like, drink tea and mimosas, and oh, that's great. we all bring pastry and shit, and it's like, yeah, I don't need to love Jesus to love a party. No, you know? yeah, my, my favorite, it's actually kind of funny, I don't know, in the, well... Maybe it's not the same in all Catholic families or whatever, but Easter was always kind of the biggest, like, real celebration, more than Christmas even, like, where the most family got together at one time. But, yeah, it's it's funny to think about Easter for a lot of people, I think, is like a meeting, like, when <laughs> when that is happening, you're like, oh, no, there's eggs or something, there's candy. Okay, so we're making a list of the things you're looking up after this. One. Yes. Vape pen lanyard. Mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. Rare Haribos. Okay. There's one more. 
it may have been about was it three men and a baby I don't I'm typing this all into, uh, hold on. <laughs> I like are. that my version of Look Who's Talking was that they like inhabited the baby's body somehow and not just <laughs> yeah. that it was a sentient baby. Please combine the films Three Men and a Baby and Look Who's Talking. <laughs> well, that would be brilliant because like, yeah, then the baby talked back to the three men. Three men and a sentient baby. <laughs> Can the cover photo be the dancing baby? Kids <laughs> <laughs> okay. writing a script for us real quick with the tweaks that I've requested. Oh, God, yes. This is incredible. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to save this for when we're ready to close the episode up. Because this is pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, let me look real quick here. I think... Looking through my screenshots of the stories that I take. That's right, Mayor Weber went to the the mayor's summit. Just like thinking about mayors, fifty-five mayors in one room talking to each other in mayor language. Um, Church of Scientology. Oh yeah, here we go. Here's 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 a. <laughs> I just want to read. Read this. Mm -hmm. This week, the Instagram account for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones broke its silence and announced a new band featuring Dickie Barrett, along with Pete Parada, former drummer of The Offspring, who coincidentally was also kicked out of his band for spouting anti-vax COVID-19 conspiracies and now plays drums for Tim Pool, of all people. Rounding out the lineup are ex-Smash Mouth guitarist Greg Camp, who recently participated in the benefit concert for the Church of Scientology's cryptic COVID prevention campaign, Joey LaRocca of The Briggs, who has previously been criticized for his belief in Scientology, and Johnny Rue, formerly of Street Dogs, wow. who randomly posted a screenshot of a pro-vaccine article to his Instagram just a few weeks ago with no caption or comment. How about that paragraph? Jesus. So that's the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones in 2023. I would suggest <laughs> considering that at any point. Another hit for the fans of the mighty mighty boss <laughs> yeah another another one right to the knees okay i'm gonna go ahead and click this thing uh, we're gonna we're gonna think think about outro music as i click this a blend of comedic chops and modern day relevance oh wait i didn't hit generate <laughs> hold on that was the old one here we go obama with the chaos emeralds in a deep resonant movie trailer voice in a world where unexpected fatherhood meets even more unexpected baby insights, three men find themselves in an unfamiliar territory, 
clip sound of baby Mikey from Look Who's Talking. Hey, who turned out the lights in here? <laughs> Jack, Michael, and Peter, three bachelors living the dream, suddenly find a baby on their doorstep, and that baby has a mind of its own. Cue upbeat 80s, music, baby giggling. Mikey, the sharp-witted baby, is not only adapting to a world of three potential dads, but is also sharing his hilarious, profound thoughts with the audience. Clip sound of baby Mikey. All right, tall guy, beard, wearing a dress. Ah, must be that Moses guy they keep talking about. <laughs> As Jack, Michael, and Peter navigate dirty diapers, midnight feedings, and the mystery of baby talk, Mikey's internal monologue guides us through the wild adventures, proving that sometimes a baby knows best. Cue dramatic pause. This summer, experience the mashup you never knew you needed. The charm of three men and a baby, the wit of look who's talking, together in one epic comedy of errors and awes. Three men and a talking baby, coming soon. And remember folks, always expect the unexpected, especially if that unexpected is a talking baby. See you at the movies, and with triumphant theme music. There we go. <laughs> Triumphant theme music. I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was distracted by the stunning narration. I'm sorry. It's just so no, stupid. no. I, I've been it's trying so to stupid, think I about can't like. Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm glad that we have access to all this technology. It's so wonderful oh, that gosh, we. Oh no, have... we can do so much. There's, there's nothing we, can we do can't so do. So much more, and like useful good things. Yeah, but why would we do that? Well, why would we do that? Was Steve Gutenberg ever in a band? Oh, most certainly. I bet. Steve Gutenberg was in a band. Is what I'm Googling. I'm going to say no. Although he did guest on SNL. So I wonder if it's says on screen and stage. He may have done a musical. Oh. Who knows? Maybe he did like, uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, Andy and the Technicolor. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Andy. <laughs> Gutenberg the musical was not about Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Writing a musical <laughs> called Gutenberg's Thing. <laughs> Songs for Gutenberg. Um. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I have to now. It's I have to do this. Or I'll be thinking about it all week. <laughs> yeah, what is it like those hundred and one strings? <laughs> Here, please, please write like orchestral me a versions short of musical. <laughs> please write me a short musical uh, called Gutenberg. All the songs are based all on the, all of the filmography, based of course. On like, the filmography. Steve. Like, I think, like, Three Men and a Baby song would be, like, an acapella. For example. Like, Beach Boys. There would And then, like, be Police Academy would be, like, a Hulk Hogan rap with the guy who does B 
beatboxing and the funny sound effects thing. Give examples of multiple songs and story structure. It should be There's a Jingle Dogs version of one of the songs. One of the dogs is a Jingle Dogs cover as well. And it promises to roll over the credits to much (laughs) applause and laughter. Here it goes. He's totally writing this. Oh, wow. Oh, I forgot he was in the shorts. Oh, there's multiple acts. Oh, wow. dear God. This is. Oh, there's two acts. Um, two oh, acts with four songs each. That's quite a playlist. Right and epilogue. There's townsfolk in this. Okay, well, we'll, 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 we'll just... Uh, we'll Did just you say townsfolk? It is. <laughs> That's what it says. There's townsfolk. I like how AI is. Does AI think that we are townsfolk of digital town? Are we? How does it see us? Okay, there we go. I'm going to change the voice to... To... Okay, let's see. Uh, see what AI thinks about this. <laughs> let's see the word townsman. Title: Guttenberg. Synopsis: <laughs> The whimsical town of Guttenberg is in a cinematic drought, and the spirits of the townsfolk are low. Suddenly, Steve Guttenberg, the actor, finds himself magically transported to this town. The citizens realize that recreating scenes from Steve's movies might break the curse. <laughs> With a dash of humor, romance, and a talking dog. They set out to put on a show that will hopefully bring back cinema to Gutenberg. Act one, opening number, Gutenberg, oh Gutenberg. The townspeople express their longing for the magic of cinema. Three men and a town. Steve arrives in along with two other townsmen. They find a baby at the doorstep. They decide to raise the baby and prepare for the show. Short circuit of love. A romantic number where Steve falls for the local mechanic and they dance with robotic moves, reminiscing the short circuit films. Police Academy pranks, a hilarious training montage as the townsfolk attempt to learn acting police and prepare for the show, Academy with nods pranks. to the comedic antics from the Police Academy series. Act 2, Jingle Dogs. The talking dog from town performs a whimsical number to the tune of Jingle Bells, but with a movie-themed twist. Yes. Diner of Dreams. A Thank you. A movie the I feel validated. So far, drawing inspiration from Diner. The Big Show, a medley of songs from earlier as they perform a movie mm. for the first time in Gutenberg. <laughs> Finale, roll the credits. As the credits roll on their show, the town is filled with the magic of cinema once again. The talking dog rolls over, leading to raucous laughter and applause <laughs> from the townsfolk and audience alike. Curtains close with the cast, led by Steve, taking a bow as the town of Gutenberg lights up with the magic of cinema once more. You know, I like to think, you know, people really do like to insult AI as it's like not good or it's not effective or anything. But really what it's doing is fulfilling our requests exactly. AI is extremely cynical about what will make humans laugh. And it's fucking correct because it knows what makes humans laugh. And that's why it's so easy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Fascinates me. So 
Um, oh, oh, Brian. Yes, Kathy. That, that, that has been a, a wonderful episode. I'm glad that we got yes, to talk no, about Steve Yes, we have Gutenberg. had a delightful time. I am still so stuck on not being able to think of a song. Let's, uh, let's pose for a moment. In the epic world of um, films, let's see. What's out there? What is like, is there a film score you've been into recently? Or is there, a, is there anything you've been? Well, what if we use the theme from Hudson Hawk? Oh, that will make me go watch that too. Yes. That's what it was. Right now. Rare Haribos. Uh-huh. Vape Lanyard. Hudson Hawk. Okay. You combine it. all three of those together, Brian, you will be an unstoppable force in the universe. Okay. Theme. Armed theme with a vape Hudson pen in one hand. Hawk. A giant pack of Haribos in the other while you are watching... Yeah, make, making a joke about Hudson Hawk online, people would be like, that's the most topical on-time joke for this I could possibly imagine. Junior? Uh, we got what, about... That's what I say to that. Here we go. Let's see. Is this it? It's uh, five minutes and change. 532. Swinging mm. on the star. You know, they invented yeah. something while you're inside. It's called a watch. Hey, Tom. What? yesterday and I'm robbing an auction house. Let's go, Hawk. Hey, Dean. I don't get it. I'm looking at the auction room and I see that little blue chair. I didn't want to do it. You could be swinging All on I wanted was a cappuccino. Snap out of it! You think that's strange. Check out screen two. Hey, that's us. 
Somebody rewired the recorders. Yeah. Hold you responsible. You could Tommy. be swinging on a star. Let's take it home. You could be swinging on a star. <laughs> you know, that's not even the first time that we've had that song in this show before. No, I think uh, the last time we had it, we were talking about the old uh, niche sitcom uh, out of this world. Yeah, I love it. That should uh, that one should be the beginning. Yeah, that will be the beginning. Okay, perfect. All right, Kathy, we've come full circle. I feel really good about all of this. Wow, what a fantastic episode. Thank you. We had a wonderful Friday. Yes, we did. I feel fantastic now. I got a vape pen that was a little indica heavy, so Ooh. I feel a little fuzzier. Okay. Hopefully, I, that's all in my head. <laughs> I've lost two vape pens this week, so if I find them, that'll be great for me because both of them had full cartridges. <laughs> Somewhere you, in the cash. Somewhere, somewhere in that in this weekend, I believe you will find them. Okay, thank you. I will, will take return. that. I will take that into my future. <laughs> hey, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? Uh, I don't know. A stick. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye <Kathy. laughs>